All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to Make It Plain, Wayne, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So for today's topic, black on black, and I know for most of you, you might think, oh, he's going to talk about black on black crime, or he's going to talk about light skin versus dark skin, or you know, black men versus black women. Um, I'd like to talk about that. And I, I probably will get into that deeper, um, maybe in another date. But the thing that kind of bumped into me like a car wreck uh, was actually our entertainment industry, specifically the comedians. So I'm going to come back into, you know, what I would say is the the classic black on black scenarios that, you know, I've seen that I've dealt with. Um, but I'm going to be a little bit more original with this and, and come at it from a different place. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, if you are a black man or a black woman or you love a black man or a black woman and you are, you know, vanilla, <laughs> you are, you know, white, Latin, Chicano, Mexicano, uh, you know, Middle Eastern, Asian, um, you might be in love with someone, you might love someone, you might be friends with someone, or you might just see, you know, whatever you see in the news as far as black on black crime and black on black crime, light skin versus dark skin, black men versus black women, um, all of these, you know, side pieces to this one, you know, thing, um, they shape a, a perception of what black people are and, and, and what black people will do. And it, it might even be a reason why most people, you know, refuse to do business or, um, you know, conduct themselves a certain way around, you know, black people. But <laughs> I'm not going to go to the easy to go to stuff yet <laughs> uh, because it is easy. But I'm going to go where it started for me. I was, you know, just kind of recently going through, you know, videos, you know, through social media, some of my favorite platforms, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on YouTube and Instagram and, you know, Facebook. And um, I start seeing all this uh, Kevin Hart hatred, hatred for Hart. And what really blew my mind was it was, you know, some of them were comedians that I look up to comedians that. I love listening to their material. And then I noticed that there's others that just won't touch them. Um, nothing could be, to me, more immature as taking more than two minutes to complain about what another man has when they have successfully done everything that you're trying to do. Now, making more money than someone, um, if that you have crossed off the list, I think it's great. But if you desire the same type of status or popularity and you're working, you're grinding to get on that level, that status. For me, I don't understand. I just don't understand. And from the fighters world, um, from what I used to see with Muhammad Ali and Frazier, and, you know, what I've seen through the years, uh, you know, with mixed martial arts and with, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, boxing and, and 
I mean, I, I don't know, even the NFL and the NBA and even the track world, because I'm a runner, um, you, you really don't want to dedicate too much time to talking about what another man has or what another man is doing. Um, in my sense, if you have that much time, why not just go work for him <laughs> or go work with him or copy his methods or do what he's doing to succeed? I just feel like it's such a waste of energy and time, and it just seems so draining. I, I'm so confused by this. I really am. And and for the comedians that were, you know, roasting Kevin Hart and and coming after him and trying to blast on him and say he's fake and he's got writers and this and that and the other, this was hard for me. Like I said, because these are comedians that I have followed for years that I love, that are great, that are amazing talent. I'm not saying I don't trust them. I'm not saying they're wrong in what they're saying. I'm just saying, why waste more than two minutes on what this other man is doing? If you want to be judged on his same criteria on what he's doing, then I I can understand. But some of these guys make good money. They're out here doing deals and making good money. So I don't understand. Is it the money or is it the popularity? Because you can find a happy balance, but you can't have all of both. (laughs) You can't have all the popularity and all the money. These other companies have to get paid. You know, at some point, I think people realize in the entertainment industry, you are a banner. You are the flag that they wave to get people to run and come eat or come watch or come listen. Um, it's hard to be able to be the flag and wave the flag to, to make the money. So, you know, if you can be in the middle ground, that's great. But as we've seen with, you know, some of our uh, uh, entertainers and celebrities, you know, once they keep going and get more powerful, they meet a, 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 an opposing force and get knocked down. Um, so you have to be smart out there, which is another thing. If you're really upset at Kevin Hart for his fame, for his YouTube, for his Instagram, his, his Twitter and all of his success. If you're really upset at him about that, why not use that same formula to do better? Like I said earlier, why not do that same formula to do better? I just don't get it. You want to say he's cooning, he's wilding out, Uncle Tom. You want to say he's doing all that? Okay, like, it's the entertainment industry. He isn't teaching black history. He isn't at Morehouse as a history professor. He isn't the the dean of students. He's an entertainer. So if you expect... The, the wholeness of black culture to be in him, I think there's more wrong with you. There are very valuable sources to teach you black culture, American culture, world history. There are specific sources for that. I don't turn on the hot water faucet when I want cold water. It's simple. But to put all of our ideologies and, and, and theology and expectation for what a black man should be in black culture, all in Kevin Hart, <laughs> do we 
know what Kevin Hart's strengths and weaknesses are, I mean, you'd have to give birth to him and watch him 365. And nobody wants to do that. We take the first deck on the card and judge that person. But if they were to do that to us and hold us up in the microphone, how would that go? I know me personally, I don't want that. Because I know when people start holding you up to the microphone and looking, they see what they're intending to see. They don't necessarily see the whole story. So for me, this hurts. Like, I'm really hurt, honestly. To see other black men. Haven't really seen women. Other black men that are great comedian, great material, even better, even better material than Kevin Hart. Like Kevin Hart is very funny. And I really feel like he's developed his niche, his voice, all the things that, you know, a a comedian needs to have as far as delivery, punchline, all that. But there, I mean, some of these guys have much better material than Kevin. So to hear them bash him when they're actually, you know, in some cases making more money and have better material, the only thing that they don't have is that. Uh, uh, Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, and 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 Bill Cosby level uh, uh, popularity, because um, I I have every reason to believe if you know Dave Chappelle goes to certain countries, especially because you know he's he's mixed and mingled very well with other communities, other countries. I have every reason to believe that if Dave Chappelle at the right time. <laughs> goes to certain places, everybody would know who he is. Same thing with Eddie Murphy, and that's outside the U.S. You know, Eddie Murphy, and and I mean, he ain't doing too much traveling now, but Bill Cosby, um, that worldwide status, it's a great thing. I mean, you know, when, when people in the U.K. understand and appreciate your jokes, and we know their, their twang and their, you know, accent, when these people that aren't even from the U.S. can appreciate your jokes and laugh at your jokes, I mean, you've done something special, you've done something amazing. But it, when you want to cut that up into a Netflix special, a DVD, and, you know, get that popularity, there is a cost to it. And all these major companies that do the marketing, that do the pushing, to do all that, it costs something. So at the end of the day, you might not get the same money someone can that can promote themselves and and you know, do for themselves that, that knows the game and knows the industry. So, you know, if you pay a certain group to send out mailers or flyers, there's a cost for that. If you use a certain manufacturer to build your cars and you want them built well, you want the airbags tested well, you want the safety, you want your children safe, there is a cost for that. And yeah, I mean, we might put the Ford, Chevy, Tesla, Lamborghini name on it, but do you know how many people are involved with this operation now? So it, it really surprises me to see everybody kind of that did and will attack Kevin Hart, attack him and not know the full story, the full weight that comes with being in that position, which it may be fun, but I don't envy that at all. Not not seeing this now. Um, now, the other person was Monique. And I've listened to several interviews. I've seen daytime talk shows. I've seen a lot of this stuff because a lot of people don't know, you know, uh, 
during, God, what was that? I think pretty much any tough time in your life. <laughs> when you listen to comedians, they speak directly to your soul. I mean, it, they, they don't hold back. And a part of their delivery, a part of their tone, their voice, all that comes from maybe some of the same places that we, we spend our time in. They articulate and speak it so well that you almost feel like, man, they, they really understand me. They get me. Or they can elevate something in a way that you've never seen. So the picture is so strong in your mind. And Monique, as a comedian, uh, for me, was such a heavy hitter, you know, in those early 2000s. Like, she was just as funny as the men, a heavyweight. And I'm not trying to talk about her weight um, or anything. I'm just saying, like, in the way she delivered the punches, I saw Queens of Comedy right after I saw Kings of Comedy. And I was very impressed because I know female comedy isn't supported very well. Female comedy just it just doesn't get the love and the appreciation, you know, that male comedy does. And a, a part of that is how we are built as a society. You know, it's it's easy for us to hear that a man can tear himself down and, and talk about him. But when we hear a woman talk about it, we're like, oh, get some Kleenex for that. You ain't nobody feeling sorry for you. You know, we're so easy to condemn the woman and throw her a box of Kleenex. But a man says he fell down a flight of stairs and we can't stop laughing. <laughs> a woman says that she fell down a flight of stairs. You know, we want to, you know, call the police and give her some Kleenex. And, you know, somebody wants to jump in there and be the hero. Well, I saw her falling and I was that man that ran up and saved her. You know, I, I thought about my mom and. You know, we, you know, we're so heroic, um, but female comedy is dope. Female comedy is a great perspective. It's something great to listen to. And, and these female comedians, if they have you rolling and have you laughing, you know, let's go for it. And Monique was one of those people. And when I started to see her come out in those not negotiations, she, she actually just asked a question. She asked Netflix, hey, can I um, can I get what Amy Schumer got? And I like Amy Schumer. I think she's hilarious. Um, but in the background, if, if some of you that know, there are some women mad at Amy Schumer because they feel that they had their you know material stolen from Amy Schumer. And these are white female comedians. Um, now, Eliza and like like Kathy Griffin and God, who else? There's like Whitney, um, uh, Chelsea Handler. There are a lot of great comedians, vanilla, female. And, you know, Monique just asked a simple question, you know, hey, I'm Academy Award winner for, you know, Precious you know, closing act for Queens of Comedy, have my TV show, The Parkers. Um, I have my talk show, BET. Like, I command an audience. I command a, a good room. Like, why can't I get paid what Amy was paid? And so when that was rejected, it really blew up to more than what it was. And she was just asking for the same pay. That's all she was doing was asking for the same pay and got rejected. Now, the way she took it to social media, you know, 
you can debate that. You can debate the way Colin Kaepernick took his knee. I mean, you all can debate that. Um, what is the right way to draw attention to something you feel like isn't fair? Like, what is the right way? I don't know. You know? Now, just because I wouldn't have done it that way doesn't mean that, I don't know, her way is wrong and my way was right because I haven't been in that situation. I haven't taken the knee. I haven't asked Netflix why. I love some Netflix. <laughs> and I have several friends that were telling me, you know, net, you know, Monique needs to quit tripping. Like, Netflix is dope. Like, Netflix is getting you paid. So I don't know. I don't know what the best course of action would have been to, to get that done and, and to get going. But what I did not like was how every black comedian, and I, I, I won't say comedian, just in the black community, jumped on her. Well, she's big. She's too big. She's black. She's ugly. She's like everybody wanted to tell her how she should be and forgot that wasn't this the same woman that we loved and appreciated and gave awards monique is doing her thing she you know queens of comedy the parkers uh uh precious academy award winner she's got her tv show you know she's featured in articles and magazines like she was glowing we were glowing with her and now She's too ugly. She's too big. She's too black to get paid like that. I don't know any white people saying this. I don't know any Asian people saying this. Latin, Mexican, Middle Eastern. Nobody was saying this. This was black on black. I took a strong offense to that. That hurt me. Because like, and this is just the way I live. If I had to meet this person and talk to this person and tell them everything I said on social media and they just sat and read it for a day before they met me, what would I say? You know, I'm sorry, Monique. You know, I went in on you for 20, 30 minutes saying all this stuff and that and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But no, I haven't ever been on, you know, Kings of Queens of Comedy. No, I haven't ever been a you know, an Academy Award winner. No, I haven't ever been a, a, a headliner at a comedy show and closed it and had everybody laughing. You know, no, I haven't ever had my own talk show. No, I've never had an article featured in, you know, best-selling magazine. No, I've never had all that. You, see, you see what I'm saying? Like, how do we get so privileged to be able to cut somebody down when we haven't even amounted to... 10% of their success, known success, known success. How do we get in that position? So just because she asked why and stuck her chest out, we criticize her like forever. Meanwhile, we have football and basketball players that have no Super Bowl rings, no NBA championships, make it more than anybody you know negotiating those contracts, getting those contracts in, ink it up, write it up. Now, if that's the hustle, if that's you, do you. Great, great job. I'm not mad at any of them. Get paid as much as you want to do what you love. But isn't that what Monique was doing? So, last person. 
Dave Chappelle. Oh, he's crazy. Oh, he lost his mind. Oh, he went to Africa. He's running. He's hiding. He's all this. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he is all that stuff. Why? The question is why? We watch these shows, Game of Thrones, Power, uh, Shameless, uh, True Blood, uh, uh, Scandal. What else? Um, we got the, the Lions. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of the show? Uh, Empire. Desperate Housewives. Lost. Prison Break. We watch these shows, and then what do you find out? At the end of the season finale or the end of the show, you find out that the way you were thinking about this person, you didn't even know him. You only knew a crumb. You get the whole cake at the end when you put it all together, but you didn't even have a crumb. You saw the crumb. And, oh, that's a booger. But then when they show you the, the cake, you're like, oh, that's what that was. I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know. You didn't know. So with Dave Chappelle, you know, how he's come out with his, um, you know, comedy specials and just kind of explain, you know, he, he asked that question. You want to know what happened to me? And I'm glad he didn't explain it because no one is no one that accused him and threw rocks at him is worth that explanation. Because I'll tell you what. What is Dave Chappelle saying about me right now? What's Monique saying about me right now? What's Kevin Hart saying about me right now? I'm pretty sure that they're up in their hotel or home or expensive, expensive place that costs more than my car per day. Not worrying about me at all. So why are you putting that kind of energy out in the universe? Like, why are you even talking about them like that? You don't even know him like that. And like me, that's how I feel even about uh, celebrities and politics. Like, sure, I see what they're saying about you on the news, but like, I don't know you. What if somebody pulled up a gun on me about for talking about somebody I don't know? That changes things, doesn't it? Like, we don't even think about this. Say you were talking about somebody, anybody, Jane Doe, John Doe, <laughs> Marcus Doe, whoever. Marquita Doe, anybody. And somebody said, um, were you talking about my cousin? If they're waving a gun at you, looking at you with a gun, like, are you talking about my cousin? <laughs> like, we really, like, we really think that we can stand behind those words as if we really know something. We don't know. <laughs> Like, the news is the news. Uh, God, what was the acronym? It's like, it's like, I can't remember. Noteworthy events, weather, and sports. <laughs> That's the news. Noteworthy events, weather, and sports. And they even show them in that order. If you don't have any time, go ahead and look. So, this is what we did in, in, internally. This, I, I didn't see this really white or black. These are videos and YouTube and conversations I've actually seen. I'm like, are we wasting a little bit too much time on this? Like, 
this is what we have to do with, you know, voting and elections. And this is how we want to spend our time. This is our quality time. All the stuff we have going on. Got people without clean water. Got all these homeless people out here. Got all these people that can't read. You know, all these people not achieving and stuck on their phones. This is what we want to do. So for the entertainment industry, I just want to sum it up like this. I just want to say it like this. Who said it was safe? Who said it was clean? Who said you get to represent yourself to the best of your abilities in the entertainment industry? Who said that? It's the entertainment industry. It's entertainment. It's not history. It's not education. It's not anthropology. It's not the study of people. This is entertainment. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. So who's, who said entertainment was the medium and the platform to speak the 100% truth of who you are, of where you came from, your history, your background, your legacy, your people, all of that. Who said that? And then hopefully you agree with me that it is not the place, that it is a venue, it is an avenue, it's not a street, it's an avenue for us to drive down. And you understand that if you want your real history, go get it from a real source. There are people thirsty and ready to feed it to you, <laughs> thirsty and ready to give it to you. I mean, if you think these ancient aliens and history channel uh, story buffs and, and nerds are, you know, wasting their time. Oh my God, you, you got it backwards. This world history, this history that's out here, it's rich and beautiful. And once we, once we even get done studying that, there's, <laughs> there's so much to study outside the globe, even if we ever figured out all of it here, there's so much to study outside the globe that you wouldn't have enough lifetimes to really figure it out, to really understand it in expanding, ever expanding universe. Yeah. Ever expanding. It's still moving. Who said the entertainment industry was clean? You're going to rub up against and bump up against things in the entertainment industry that don't exist in any other industry. And you're going to become something that maybe you didn't know you would become. Same thing happens in sports. Sports are actually entertainment. You might become something or, or be seen as something that you never thought possible. And I mean, it's just, it's just football, right? You're, you're just a hooper, right? You're just a runner. Like they're just sports, right? But if people are paying money, if there's a dollar amount assigned to it, that entertainment changes. Now we've got sponsors. We need you to move a certain way for this money. We need you to act a certain way for this money. We need you to, to represent this for our company. So it's a little bit different. And people are going to move different and, and act different. I mean, if that scares you, okay. Maybe stay out of the entertainment industry. But if you really, really understand that, I mean, really, really understand that, you understand why some people will go into the entertainment industry and then at a certain time, they peace out, they step out. It's because you have a lot of people to impress. And the hardest people to impress 
aren't in front of you on the stage, actually behind you. That's who you really have to impress. Is <laughs> once you get that big status and that big name, that's who you have to impress, the people that nobody sees. So <sighs> black on black crime. This one aspect is so deep and so heavy that I could actually go in on it for days, 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 days. And with black on black crime, I think with, you know, fights, with shooting, things that we see like, you know, world star hip hop or, you know, what what, you know, Willie Lynch created the dark skin versus light skin, the old versus young, the man versus the woman. Um, killing another black man or killing another white woman to me makes you an equivalent or greater than the KKK. And the, the fact that that's become such a norm is, uh, it's one of the most defeating things I think that you could ever hear. Because a, if a black man is killing another black man or boy is killing another black boy, no one is pulling that trigger but him. So what what influence goes into that boy, that girl? And why is it that we have a, a national outcry for a shooting when the shooter is white? But nothing is said to stop and remove the guns in a whole community when the shooter is black killing black. This is one of those situations where we just have to police ourselves. We have to do better. I don't have the rules. I don't have the, the plan. But if we're not going to let the police in, we really have to do better. We really do. Because this this black on black crime piece is the cancer that we refuse to remove that it will kill us all. It, it will. I don't, you, you can't have a dirty hand and a clean hand. If you come up and shake somebody's hand with the clean hand, they'll be, they'll be thankful. They'll be grateful. But then if you clasp that hand with the dirty hand, all you are is dirty from now, from then on. And that's how everybody sees black people. We can say uh, 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 black lives matter. We can hold up the banners and say they're killing us and this and that and the other. And it's great to bring awareness to what's wrong. But the hard part for me is <sighs> we haven't gotten rid of that black on black crime. And, and I'm going to flip to the other side of it really quick here, because black on black crime is um, it's kind of an excuse that some people jump to, you know, when, when when we have these situations where a police officer has taken the life of a black male or black female 
or, you know, any of the stories that have come out in the news, <coughs> excuse me, will hear, well, what about black on black crime? I'm not talking about these two, comparing these two. I'm just saying specifically only black on black crime. Because what happens, uh, you know, as far as headlines and what's happened in the news, that's completely separate from what I'm talking about. Please push that to the side. I am only talking about black on black crime where there's no police around and it's only me and you. A black woman and a black woman, a black man and a black man. In that setting, in that scenario, it's just you two. You're killing your brother. You're killing your sister. And although you might not be blood related, after we see that, so yeah, now I'm going to go with it. After we see that, it's um after we see that it makes it so much harder for someone that I don't know is sitting in church to say we're innocent we're 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 not bad people I mean just 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 think just think think for a second just think for a second you got a, a, a classroom full of kids, black kids. All black kids, just black kids. If two of them start fighting, mm, y'all go to the principal's office. Now, if it's a classroom of 20, the numbers are starting to dwindle down by that too. Now we're at 18. If four of them start fighting because of those two, uh-oh, now I got 14 kids fighting. Or, I'm sorry, four kids fighting and, you know, we've got the remainder, you know, left. So, six kids fighting. Now your classroom of 20 has changed. So, when somebody sees that classroom of kids fighting, hopefully the kid, <laughs> this, is, this is where it gets dangerous. Hopefully the kids that aren't fighting will move out of the way. So, the two... And now added four, which is now six. When those six kids are fighting, everyone can see there's a clear distinction between the two. Because if you walk by that room at the wrong time, it could look like they're all fighting. So and here's the trouble. If a couple of, <laughs> if a couple of the kids are fighting by the window, it actually looks like all kids are fighting. So, I mean, I heard this growing up and thought, man, it's so unfair. Like, how can somebody just see me and judge me and think that I'm going to steal from them? I just I need to ride the elevator just like you. or I have a suit on just like you do. How could somebody think I'm going to steal from them? But remember, I said when you're walking by the classroom, if it looks like the kids by the window are fighting, it looks like all the kids are fighting. And that's the news. That's the news portrayal of us. So, yeah, if if the news is showing it, then it's got to be true, right? Some of the Internet's got to be true, right? Now, while the people in the city 
know the truth about the city that you can go and eat at fried chicken restaurants and, and have a good time and not get shot. While the people in the city know that, the people outside do not. The people outside see what's on the news and believe exactly what it is. And the news job is to noteworthy entertainment. I'm sorry, noteworthy events, weather and sports. Noteworthy. It's just noteworthy. They're there to tell it. So can we blame? Should we blame the news for painting black people as evil, as mean? I mean, you could. But right after that, we still have to go to what we do for ourselves, what we do for our own. And the nonprofits that I've had a chance to work with that are a, a blessing to the communities, they receive, they receive, I'm sorry, zero media and airtime until, I don't know, things are dead. <laughs> but we can't wait on that. If everyone in the country waited for someone to think of them the way they wanted to be thought of or give them what they thought they should get, we wouldn't be anywhere. And here's the beautiful thing. There are people that are working toward this right now. There are people that are great examples of what, remember I was talking about people bashing Kevin Hart and Monique? There are black men and women as a living example of the things you think a man and woman should be, as the thing you think a, a husband and wife should be. There are men and women doing that right now. So we, got, we just got to clean it up. And the hardest part for me is uh, you know, you get a little bit older. If, you, if you're still, you know, looking at social media, you see people from the conscious community. The hardest part for me is seeing black men or black women of leadership caliber arguing with one another out in front of everybody. The Asians don't do that. The Mexicans and Latins don't do that. And if you see vanilla, my white brothers and sisters doing it, it's usually because they can slap a political label on it. They can say Democrat or Republican and, you know, it ignites and, and goes to the, the right medium. They can argue it and debate it in an election or, you know, however. What I am saying is keep that at home. You want to argue with somebody, argue, argue with them, like meet them on the street, talk to them. But if all you can do is fight and swing fist and, and you can't speak you know, intelligently, then you don't have anything to say. Like you're done. And this is hard to watch. You can't claim <laughs> that all this stuff around you is evil and attacking you. But then when you have the chance to build a relationship and build something and turn someone that's confused and hurt about anything, Turn them into a friend and an adversary. Or instead of, an, you know, you can turn them into a friend and a trusted confidant. You all can help one another. But you want to argue throughout social media and blast on each other? I don't understand this.
And it, it there's a scene in one of Tyler Perry's movies. Um, I think it's Maya Angelou, um, you know, rest in power. I think it's Miss Maya Angelou that says it and and drops it on everybody on how you look and what you're doing. This is hard for me. Because for me, as a black man, I love supporting and seeing black men and women achieve and succeed. So when I see black men and women cutting the black men and women that are achieving and succeeding down, you know what that does to me? It makes me feel like what these racists or whoever you think is against you that is not black... It makes me think, wow, today they might be right. Because here we have the opportunity to back one another. And hey, you know, I, I know you have to do this interview real quick, but can I talk to you real quick? Because this is how you look out in public. Or this is how you look with this. Instead of going to him as a friend and talking to him, we get out and oppose them so we can stay on our TV show. We get out and oppose them so we can look good and laugh and, and, and cackle in the back. And then you lose your job. <laughs> so we have an opportunity to build. And please don't, don't ever tell me that someone is against you. That is vanilla, that's Latin, that's Middle Eastern. You're afraid of terrorists, bombs, school shootings. You're, you're afraid of all this stuff. And then you will gossip, run down, and tear down another black woman or black man's name when you're out here trying to do the exact same thing, trying to build business, trying to be, feed your family. I don't know. It just makes me feel some kind of way. How can you say that these people are out here against you when you say black lives matter and they say blue lives matter? You say black lives matter and they say all lives matter. You say they're wrong because they don't fully understand black people and black love and black culture and black unity. You're saying they don't understand it. But then when you have the chance to, to express that, to build and to help, you would rather spend your time doing interviews and cutting people down that look like you, that you might be in the same comedy special with, that you might be in the same Google search with. People might search your name and also have searched for Bing, A, B, C, D. So we'll cut each other down and then <laughs> go and cry wolf and say that a white man or a white woman is, is, is doing it. Wow. So we need to clean it up. That's all I got for you today. Uh, I mean, there's so many other ways I can get into this. I can talk about black dating. I can talk about the black woman. And how, uh, you know, the black woman being blamed is maybe one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard for, you know, any downfall in the black community. Um, but, yeah, I mean. If you thought that the dating world was hard. 
for white females. Considering all that I've just said in the news and prison and shootings and black on black crime and world star and all that. Shouldn't it be even harder for a black female? This is this is another <laughs> this is another thing that I'm saying, like I started meeting black husbands and wives, married couples after I got married. And me personally, I thought I was going to marry a Claire Huxtable, you know, uh, one of the Delta Sigma Theta, uh, you know, a.k.a. Sigma Gamma Rho types. I thought that's who I was going to marry. <laughs> I, you know, went up to school and uh, now am married to a white woman. So when I got to meet black couples, husbands and wives, and I saw how they operated, I saw how they worked and lived. It was a beautiful thing because I have been hearing how it didn't work. I have been hearing so much about how people couldn't function, you know, together and black black families and black marriage and all that. And like nobody was talking about that anymore. And here they are a shining example of it. And me personally, I don't think you should date any uh, uh, one out of revenge or spite. So when I did get married with my wife, it was not a, a shame on black women against black women. I love black women. I love my mom. I love my sisters. That helps. So for me, it wasn't an escape. We met love marriage. Easy. It was not a difficult thing. I wasn't running. But I know some people do. And that's what I'm, that's another thing I'm saying. Like as a black man. You cannot run down black women and then tell me that, man, they out here hunting us. Well, one of the reasons why they're hunting you is because you refuse to see the value in all that you have. If you really believe that, if you really believe you're being hunted, if you really believe the world is against you. Why not take the time to remove yourself from black on black? All right, that's enough. I've been talking enough. I love you all. I hope you love me back. Share, send, and like, um, and I'll see you soon.